Hello, and welcome to Flunking the Written, a fully spoiled Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast in which two Uber fans discuss their favorite show. Before we get into this week's episode, Kim and I wanted to issue a trigger warning for assault. This episode of Buffy features an attempted assault, and while we try not to go into too much detail, we still want listeners to be aware of this part of our discussion ahead of time. We've placed timestamps in the information of this podcast for when we talk about the specific scene, though it is mentioned in other parts of our discussion. So if this is an episode you feel you need to skip, we are happy that you are making the best decision for your well-being. Thank you all so much for listening, and let's get into this episode, The Pack. All right, Kim. So, before we get into this episode, I have to say... We have to do some housekeeping because I need some judgment calls on our counters. In Never Kill a Boy on the First Date, Giles opens a door to reveal himself with a body. Does that count? A drawer. Yeah. He opens the door to the drawer, though. Does that count? (laughs) Uh, I think that counts. I think it counts, too. I would say that the curtain maybe doesn't, because the curtain isn't technically a door, so when Owen opens the curtain to find the dead body, I don't think that counts. But I think that that is a door to the drawer that contains the body, and I think mm-hmm. I think that was the stipulation. Yeah, a door. A door. A door was the specifics there. Okay. Yep. So we got another, we got another ticker mark for that particular counter. I was just, I was mm-hmm. editing the, the podcast and I was just like, oh, I think we may have missed that one. And Well, I actually thought about it for that one. Yeah. But was like, eh, it's a drawer. I won't count it. Yeah. But there's a door. But yeah. There's yeah. a door there. I think yeah. it counts. I think it counts. These are very important and very serious lists. We have to analyze them from all angles to make sure they qualify. So. Well, we have three counters. Yes. Buffy jewelry. No, that's not one of them. Is oh, that, is it not? I is, thought that was one. Okay. That's not one of the three that I have down. I have the body behind a door. I have been locked or imprisoned in a basement. And then I have references to the She-Mantis. We can do Buffy jewelry, but I'm not sure where that's Well, yeah, because remember we talked about if the watch that Owen had given her counted. Mm -hmm. And we decided that it didn't count because she gave it back. Yes. But then I think we discussed whether or not we were actually doing that counter at all or if that was just a silly thing. But we can add it to the list of counters. We can have all of the counters. I'm fine. As long as you're keeping up with it, I don't care. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's say Buffy Jewelry, two and a half. Two and a half. Bodies Behind Doors, three. Okay. Chained in a Basement, one. And references to She Mantis. We're at zero right now. We haven't gotten... We're at zero, yeah. We haven't yeah. gotten our first one yet. It's coming. There's going to be one, at least one this season. All right, now that that's all out of the way, let's actually get into The Pack, which was written by Matt Keen and Joe Rinkmeyer and directed by Bruce Seth Green. And the blurb, our favorite part, is a field trip to the zoo turns deadly after Xander and a clique of mean-spirited kids become possessed by the spirit of a demonic breed of hyena. Pretty accurate. I like describing it as a clique of mean-spirited kids instead of, you know, bullies or jerks or anything like that. <laughs> it's a very wordy explanation for that group. But I don't know if they ever use the word bully in this episode. They just keep saying mean kids. Mm-hmm. They're mean-spirited kids, man. Mm-hmm. But that's a pretty accurate description of what happens. Yeah. I think there's only been one time where it's, like, actually given a blurb that is not at all what has been in the episode. So that's good. Uh, 
They sometimes I are a little they're... bit more spoiler heavy than I would want yeah. them to be. <laughs> well, I find it funny that a high school is taking a trip to the zoo. That seems more like like an elementary school field trip. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not in any of those realms. I didn't have any of that experience, so I yeah. It, it was seem... more when I was in school. It was more elementary. Yeah. it would school. seem that that would make more sense. That would be more the the demographic that would want to go to the zoo. But yeah. So before we get into the scene by scene breakdown, I just kind of want to know your general thoughts going into this episode. What's your what's your overall impression of this episode? Um, I enjoy this episode. I think it does a really good job of showcasing Nicholas Brendan. He he does a very good job playing the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he's a talented actor in this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, you don't like him very much. No, you're not. But he yeah. does it really well. So this, for me, is probably the most problematic ep- episode of season one because it's not necessarily the cringiest or the cheesiest or anything like that, but it's the one that deals with probably the, the hardest topics and does so with, like, a freaking sledgehammer. And doesn't really care about any of the fallout at the end. And I have very little patience for this episode because of that. Yeah, um, the ending is very, uh, well, this just ended and sitcom-y and we're not going to follow up any of this stuff. Yeah, it is the most guilty of the season one issue of the hard reset at the end of the episode and not really dealing with the weight of the episode. But we'll get into that as we get towards the end of the episode. I was just kind of wanting to know your feelings going into it because it's it's a fairly liked episode, I think, by the Buffy community with a few outliers. Um, But I don't think it's as divisive as a lot of episodes of Buffy. I think it's just generally considered to be one of the better season one episodes. But I I really struggle to get through this episode. (laughs) So we start at the zoo... Um, the, you know, traditional high school field trip to the zoo, as we've discussed already, that Buffy is... Which is, <laughs> it's a very tiny town to have a zoo. Listen, listen, we've, already, we've already gone over the layout of Sunnydale, and it just has to be accepted at this point. <laughs> yes, was there a zoo in our layout? Uh, I think it was mentioned. I can't remember, huh. but I think it was mentioned. Um, I could I could bring up my notes, but I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> a zoo that, by the way, is never locked, and you can just get in at any time of the day yeah, or night. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> low security. They got the same people handling very, the security at, at Sunnydale High and the zoo. And everywhere else. And everywhere Sunnydale, else. Like the funeral home. <laughs> so our mean-spirited kids start picking on Buffy, which is a weird choice because... I don't ever really think that the she show doesn't... frames Buffy as like a nerd or a loser or someone who is uncool. She's just weird, right? That's her right. That's her outlying like. Uh... With these kids, I think it was just because she was alone. Yeah, though. possibly. But also, who decides to pick on a on another student by saying, "Oh, careful! They might beat you up." What kind of? Yeah, because <laughs> is Buffy? She might. She might. <laughs> But what kind of bully tactic is that? And be like, ooh, what you gonna do? Pummel me? Good point. It seems like yeah. it seems like it's just the wrong target for them altogether. Lance makes yeah. a lot more sense later on. Buffy, I'm not sure why she's the one that they decide to attack. Because it doesn't mm-hmm. really seem like somebody they would go after. Um, mm-hmm. But it gives Buffy that little moment of, of that isolation. And the fact that her past is always something that people judge her by so and then xander and willow show up and my first thought is why aren't buffy xander and willow together Mm -hmm. 
like I in high school or like junior high or high school, I never went on a field trip and like separated from my friends. Yeah. That was part of the fun of being on a field trip. You stay together and hang out and stuff. But like they're just looking at different things. Maybe they had to ride different buses. You had mentioned before we we started recording um, because you have the script book and the script changed a lot. But isn't there like a whole section on the bus before we even get to this in the original script? Uh, not in the one I have. Okay, so I've read I've read a version of a script that, as far as I can tell, is legitimate, but it was like the early, maybe the earliest pitch script by these writers. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot that takes place before yeah. you even get to this section. Because um, it well, establishes in this... the mean kids completely on the bus. The script book I have, the one I read through before I rewatched the episode, is um, I noticed there was a lot of stuff cut out. Mm-hmm. But it's not any giant scene that would make a big difference. Yeah. It's like conversations in scenes that were already, that were in the show. They just cut a lot of the end of scenes or the beginning of scenes out. Okay. So I think there's a whole nother version of this script that you can find online. That there is, might be. That is closer to what the original script was. The very first pitch script before it probably went through the, the writing staff on the Buffy team. That is so vastly different. And I, I mean, I went on to Reddit and saw people posting about how different this episode is to what the original script was. It is, it is a trip, but um, I didn't read it in its entirety, but the little bits that I was able to read through, I am, I am very happy with the changes that they have made um, from mm-hmm. the original script because there was a lot of weirdness to that original script. There was supposed to be a whole bunch of like, like hyena vision is what they called it. There was supposed to be a lot of point of view shots from the, the possessed I, kids. I was fixing to say that because in this script, there's a a whole lot of that that was cut out mm. now they didn't have the scene you were talking about with the bus but like there's a bunch of descriptions of what they see when they look yeah with the hyena vision then none of that happened in fact when i first went to get ready to do this podcast and i read through the script book and then i watched the episode when i was reading through the script book i was thinking how have i watched through the entirety of buffy so many times and do not remember hyena vision <laughs> Like, I don't remember this. How do I not? And then it started. I was like, oh, they cut it out. Yeah. That's what. You can't, yeah. you can't forget Hyena Vision. I was like, how do I not remember this? Because it was, it was in a description of it in almost like every scene with the pack. Mm-hmm. But also a lot of conversation too. Yeah. I kind of want to read the script in its entirety, but I didn't have time before, before filming this. Yeah. I am excited to go back and look through that script in its entirety, but also kind mm-hmm. of terrified. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, except for the hyena vision stuff, it's not a whole lot. It's not like big scenes that were cut out that would change the episode. It's conversations. Mm-hmm. Well, from the little snippets that I read on the on the script that I was reading, Giles, and I don't think Giles is really all that great in this episode, but Giles was so much worse in that original script, and that put me off so fast. <laughs> Yeah, this 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 episode is very much focused on Xander. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a whole bunch of Willow, and there's not a whole bunch of Giles, um, and we never see Cordelia. Yeah, I was thinking of, about that when I started the episode. I was like, I don't know when Cordelia shows up in this episode, and then I was watching it and forgot to even note that she never does. Okay, so our our group comes together, and Willow and Xander are excited because they saw the zebras mating as as teenagers would be excited for. It was like the Heimlich with stripes. Buffy very much feels like she's in a rut in this whole opening section. Like she's just, she has that little um, off-putting conversation with the mean-spirited kids, and then she's just 
kind of ho-hum about the whole field trip and doesn't really seem engaged in any way. She's just very much going through the motions, for a lack of a better mm-hmm. phrase. Xander at least perks her up by saying, hey, listen, this is this is not about looking at animals. It's about not being in class, um, which I think is the truth of any field trip. But I yes. did notice that. Like, I did notice that Buffy just feels like she's kind of ho-humming. On the outside. Yeah. Yeah. And then we cut to Lance, who I have designated as our pre-Jonathan. Um, Pre-Jonathan, that's pre-Jonathan, nice. Yes. And Pre-Jonathan. These are just the worst bullies. <laughs> they really yeah, are. They're very, uh, I don't know, they're, they're, they're like a cliche of a bully. Mm-hmm. But uh, Flutie comes up after, after they've been picking on Lance and... With the uh, classic, take my stuff and yeah. throw it back and forth. Yeah, yeah. just, just Don't give it awful. back. Lance mm-hmm. covers for them, and the bullies invite him to the hyena house. Which, not a good idea. Not a good idea. But I like how outside of the hyena house, they have all of these, you know, yellow tapes and barriers and things. But then there's a <laughs> sign that says, positively no admittance which i could just imagine the zookeeper put no admittance and just said no i need i need a a more forceful sign so added positively but (laughs) is there really a more or like a better sign that you could put up to make teenage children or teenagers want to go in Mm -hmm. than positively no admittance yeah i mean i mean it's very tempting. Um, Willow and Xander and Buffy, they see this happening and kind of want to know what Lance is doing with them mm-hmm. and discuss how those are the mean kids and every school has them. <laughs> and Buffy's like, I better go help him. And Xander decides to handle it because it doesn't require actual slaying. Mm. And then Buffy and Willow decide they might need to follow and are stopped by the zookeeper Mm -hmm. when they try to go in. Who gets really creepy right off the bat with a story about tribesmen who worship hyenas and say that they can understand human speech. And at night they call a person's name Mm -hmm. and then devour them. And it's like, um, oh, okay. Well, you probably have a job very suited for you taking care of Uh hyenas. I will say, even though there are points of this episode where he's obviously, like, the bad guy, this part here, I think, works. I think this part works to foreshadow that he's the bad guy, but also just works as, like, a very... A weird zookeeper. weird zookeeper yeah. who's very enthusiastic about mm-hmm. trivia to do with hyenas. <laughs> so as they're um, actually walking in, I did note that the bullies are already cackling like hyenas. I know that there's a lot of kind of, like, rushed comparisons of high school versus the wild and you know animal instincts versus the the habits of teenagers but having them already cackle like hyenas before they're even possessed by hyenas and then later have that laugh be a clue for Buffy to determine that they're hyenas uh doesn't it doesn't work when they're already laughing they're already like laughing that. like that they just cackle like that all the time now, I will admit I did not notice that they already sounded like hyenas. So. They are having a big old cackle fest when they take Lance into that hyena house. We do also get to see um, the hyena puppet, which is lovely foreshadowing to the many terrible werewolf costumes that we'll see throughout the run of this show. Yeah, very obviously a puppet. Yes. <laughs> and not a real hyena. <laughs> They act like they're going to feed Lance to the hyenas, uh, at which point Xander comes in and grabs them off of him and tells them to pick on someone their own species. And Xander and Kyle start to get in each other's faces like they're going to fight. And then 
all of a sudden you see the hyena's eyes, they flash yellow, and then all of the mean kids' eyes flash yellow, and then the hyena's eyes again, and then Xander's. Mm -hmm. And it's very creepy. Yeah. It's like very creepy images. There are a couple. I thought of, so anyway. Yeah, there are a couple of really like creepy uh, directorial choices in this episode. Um, I don't like the line, why don't you pick on someone your own species? Because in it, it seems like he's saying pick on me instead of Lance. So that way, Lance is the one that's separated as far as species from the rest of the group. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird choice. It's like they're trying to force, again, choice. this animal connection, right? They're really trying to force this idea of teenagers being predators, right? Yeah. And they're trying to force these animal connections. But that line just doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't. Um, Lance turns around, tries to run out, and he falls. And then they all turn to look at him and start laughing. Mm -hmm. The true hyena um, cackle this time, not that fake hyena yes, cackle. Yes, yes, a true one, including Xander. So then we go to credits, and after credits, we are at the bronze. And during this section, we have two repeat offenders when it comes to music. Uh, Dashboard Profits returns with All You Want. And then later on, when the, the bullies enter the bronze, Sprung Monkey's Reluctant Man plays. Um, and those are both bands that have been featured on Buffy before in uh, the uh, two-part premiere, I believe. So they're great songs and great bands, and I've enjoyed listening to more of their library. Um, and in this conversation Willow and Buffy are having, uh, we see a sign, signs like right off the bat of how much Willow is aware of Xander. Yes. Because <laughs> one of the first things she said was, did he seem upset at all on the bus back? Well, I guess they were on the bu same bus. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't <laughs> explain <laughs> why they were separated. Buffy was in a rut. She just needed some alone time with the fishes. That's what I understood. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> But Willow asks that question about Xander being upset, and you're just like, she is really aware of him and his moods. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense, because here we kind of, this is, I think, the first time that, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first time that Willow admits that she has a crush on Xander. Sort of. <laughs> like, so I mean, in, she's in this, never come out and yeah. said it before. In this specific way, yes. Yeah. Like, I think that this has been the most overt admission of of her love for xander and her crush and yeah. everything yeah he says he makes my head go tingly yes yeah to which buffy responds that she has not had that experience recently i, I I'm, I'm hoping that all of that weird owen spell wore off and she realized that all of that was a a, a love spell and all of that happened <clears throat> off camera and realized that none of that was legitimate um that's that's what i'm well, see and i thought that. it kind of <laughs> made it seem like it's been a while since the Owen thing. Even though it was the last episode, we don't know how much time it was in Sunnydale. I like to read it as she was just like, I know. came to her senses. So she's like, oh, wait, that guy was crap. <laughs> yeah. But even if she came to her senses, she did still have tingly head for him at the time. <laughs> that cursed tingly head. <laughs> you can't wish her exes away, Megan. <laughs> So, in addition to and, it being very overt about Willow's feelings for Xander, Willow brings up a whole lot about Angel. Not even for a dangerous and mysterious older man whose leather jacket you're wearing right now? Close with the shoes. Come on. Angel pushes your buttons. You know he does. Buffy kind of talks her way through some, some reasoning on why it doesn't make sense. So, you can, you can see the 
set up for the next episode, which is Angel, which is where we actually get into the the first romantic scenes with Buffy and Angel proper, um, that they're setting that up, mm. which is nice for season one, because sometimes it tends to forget things and not actually set stuff up. So I'm appreciative of the <laughs> fact that they, they took the time to have this little bit of Angel foreshadowing that he is constantly on her mind mm-hmm. and Willow's very aware because she's so close with Buffy that Buffy thinks about Angel a lot because that makes at least the next section of Buffy and Angel's relationship feel a little bit more organic and make more sense. Yep. And Xander enters and Xander is different. Xander (laughs) is no longer nerdy, awkward Xander. He is very smooth. Well. (laughs) And confident and well, now, very, very quickly, he's going to come become mean, but he walks in and he's pretty smooth. I will say, he he is smooth because he is framed to be smooth, but that is the creepiest stare down of this random girl. Like, he walks in and he just gives oh, this no, girl that is a creepy. look. And that girl does not have the appropriate reaction. That girl should be let's like, call it- let's call the cops on this guy. <laughs> like, this guy yeah. is terrifying. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to the manager and yeah. be like, this guy just got up all in my personal space out of nowhere. <laughs> let's call it creepy smooth. Oh, <laughs> okay. Does that work? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, he finds the girls and he's like, sorry, I'm late. Forgot I was going to be here. Which is a weird statement. Yeah. (laughs) And then just takes Buffy's food off her plate and starts eating it, which would not be weird if he, if normal Xander did it. But the way he does it is weird. It's like all aggressive, Mm -hmm. like food. But like normally if he just walked up and like took a bite of Buffy's croissant or pastry or whatever she had, it wouldn't be as weird as it is. What is this crap? Well, it was my buttery croissant. Man, I need some food birds live on this uh, and they ask him what's wrong with him and willow immediately and i, I feel so bad when she does this because this was me in high school actually this was me like in high school and college mm-hmm. <laughs> but she immediately goes is something wrong did i do something mm-hmm. that like, is you know somebody's in a bad mood is it me oh. you know and i was like oh. oh and it makes sense for willow with her standing with xander and she does kind of get the upper hand later in the episode when i appreciate it but there's a lot of that in this episode where willow is constantly yeah. thinking it's somehow her fault that xander is acting different which is yeah. not a healthy place to be and i wish they had done a little bit more in this episode to show that but they they do mm-hmm. do to some degree show that this is on yeah. Xander and not on Willow. So it's hardly the most offensive um, thing in this episode, but it still bothers me. <laughs> and now while everything that has happened so far could be considered a bad mood, Xander then says, the, does and says the thing that I think is the first clue that they should have that something's wrong with Xander. Because he sniffs Buffy <laughs> and says, You took a bath. Yeah, I, I often do. I'm actually known for it. That's okay. And and Buffy makes a joke of it and says, and the weird behavioral word goes to. See, I don't. But like, I think this should be the first sign that uh-huh. yeah, Xander's not being himself because like he sniffed her and said, "You took a bath." Yeah. At first, when I was watching this, I was just like, "They are not cueing in to him fast enough." But then I started thinking about it. I was just like, "No, they're pretty. They're pretty aware that something's off." I like the fact that not only are they aware, but they flat out say it. There's no, like, 
lack of communication in what he's doing is weird and creepy, right? Like, Buffy is just flat mm-hmm. out states out loud. He's just like, you're you're acting weird. I mean, she does it in a, in a quippy way because it's Buffy. But she's just like, that's weird, dude. Why is this a thing you're doing? Is essentially what that breaks down to. And that won a lot of points in, in favor of them at least being aware that he's acting weird. But... In the history between Xander and Willow, you would think that Willow would be more aware of Xander acting weird and concerned that it could be something supernatural than she actually is in this episode because she has that very well. She kind of in yeah yeah she kind of internalizes it and and thinks this is because of me. Yeah, she thinks it's because of her. She so thinks she- it's because he doesn't want to be around her anymore. He only wants to be with Buffy later on in the episode. I mean, it's just it's very weird knowing their history. Because there's nothing in their history to indicate that Xander's ever really treated Willow like that. He's been not the most sensitive when it comes to understanding Willow's crush for him. Because he'll talk about other girls in front of Willow. Well, Especially this, later on when it, when he starts getting really cruel. I don't think um, Willow jumps to the conclusion of maybe something's actually like wrong supernaturally the way that she should have. Well, you find out in this episode that Xander is actually aware that Willow has a crush on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Like, that's not obvious before. Yeah. That he knows it. You just kind of think he's an oblivious teenage boy. Yeah. And in this episode, you know, he you realize he knows. He knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which opens up a lot of further complications in this weird love triangle thing yeah. we have going on between Buffy, Willow, and Xander. Then the, uh, the other four... Of the pack come in, mm-hmm. and there is as they're walking in, there is this really long, like way too long, and creepy stare down mm-hmm. between them and Xander, where they just kind of stare at each other. In, and it's not in slow motion, but it almost seems like it is because they do it so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they they walk over to a table where there's an overweight kid sitting and immediately start making fun of him for mm-hmm. his weight and telling him he has to move. Willow and Buffy get mad or kind of like scowl and stuff, although they don't do anything. But yeah. Xander starts laughing and they just kind of look at him like, what's wrong with you? And he goes, kid's fat. Yeah. Um, Which is not very Xander because at the zoo, his first instinct was to protect a kid being bullied. Yeah. And now the first thing he does is help make fun of a kid being bullied. And it's just kind of shows the major difference in Xander in like a few hours. Mm hmm. Xander's laugh and his explanation of the joke, I think, is one of those things that on the surface, I really, really like. Like, I think the timing on it is great. I think the delivery of it just is uncomfortable enough, but somehow still comedic in a way. There's a weird balance, right, between the hyena taking over and then the actual, like, person. And the idea Mm -hmm. is, like, I think as the hyena takes hold more and more, they become more animal and less person. Um, Mm -hmm. But this seems like a really weird thing right out the gate for for Xander to be going for is this weird, like, cackle at their joke and then explaining the joke to, to Buffy and Willow. But at the same time, I wonder if it is kind of more what Giles was explaining later. It's just like, this is kind of more traditional teenagers acting like teenagers, right? This feels like more traditional yeah. bullying. And I think... That there is something to be said. Yeah. Yeah. There is something to be said that 
even Buffy, who we know to be super empathetic and lovely and stuff like that, has said kind of fat-shaming things, right? Um, and especially later on, Just a lot gonna, of slut shaming things. <laughs> like, I'm going to go off topic here for just a second. When, what are you referring to? So um, the the number one example comes to to mind uh, is she makes a comment about Cordelia's hips in the previous episode when they bump into each uh, yes. other, and she says something about yeah. Buffy's uh, or uh, about. Cordelia's hips. She also makes a comment of like, oh, does this dress make me look fat? Like, that, you know. I don't really know if I consider that fat shaming because, I mean, that's basically wanting to know if that's happening and I don't, I think there are very few females on Earth who have not thought that or asked that at some point. The Cordelia one, is it considered fat shaming if the person you're saying it to isn't actually overweight? I know we're off topic here. As for the, the two scenes with Xander, I I really think that it was trying to show the differences in his personality so fast. That the first instance of bullying, the first the, the his first reaction was to go help and take care of the, the the person being bullied, like advocate for them, and then even if the words he said weren't the best. Um, and in this one he joins in the bullying and laughs. Like it, it showed how much he changed. That's just how I saw it. Yeah, and I think that that's a fine reading. Um, I can't find the other example. There's another example, but unfortunately, when I search it online, I'm just getting stuff about Sarah Michelle Gellar and nothing about Buffy. And I will go back. I'll go back to the Cordelia example. I think even though Cordelia isn't what you would call an overweight person, still having that dialogue as a way of making that an insult that somebody's hips are wide yeah. would be an insulting thing. It's still a form of fat shaming true so i think that that still qualifies as kind of a moment but the 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 fat shaming i can't think of as many examples the slut shaming that buffy does um and really a lot of characters do towards cordelia is is the stuff that really comes to mind there's a lot of that for yeah there is a lot of that for a character who really is fairly conservative in the way she she dresses when you really look at it i mean she's Mm -hmm. not Buffy has far more shorter skirts than Cordelia does. Um, and more revealing outfits. Yes. yes. Although, to be fair, this was 1997, and while it wasn't okay and was still disrespectful and a bad thing, fat shaming wasn't really an issue people were aware mm-hmm. of. I think if this had been framed slightly differently... And if the Giles conversation had happened a little bit earlier where Giles is just like, oh, it's the worst thing ever. He's a 16-year-old boy. I think that that argument could have been held out longer. But one, we already know that something definitely happened with the hyenas because we see that at the front end. So it's kind of a weird choice to, to bounce back and forth on like, you know, maybe nothing's wrong with Xander at all from all of the characters' perspective when the audience knows for sure that something's wrong with Xander. But also... If you're gonna if you're gonna push that limit around your main characters, you gotta be careful to not push it too far. And I think they make Xander too aggressive, too too fast um, for them to read him as anything other than possessed. Because but remember, Giles doesn't see him. Yeah, Giles doesn't see him. Giles hasn't seen him. But I think this really he just hears what Buffy's yeah, saying. This really becomes an issue with Willow, right? Because Willow and Xander are supposed to really right. know each other, and Willow for the longest time mm-hmm. doesn't clue in that Xander isn't Xander. And I think that that's 
kind of breaks the that relationship as I understand it. The next scene is it's a really short one, and um, it's Giles and Buffy training in the library. Uh, doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of the episode. It's just kind of a letting us know that he's continuing to train mm-hmm. her and be her watcher. Um, then she is out in the hallway, and something is running through the halls at foot level. Mm-hmm. And you hear the principal yell to look out, stop the beast. It keeps running. Several students try to catch it. And then Buffy leans down to catch it and grabs it. And it's a pig. And it has on a plastic football helmet and a paper boar's husks, tusks, tusks. And uh, on its back is a spikes, <laughs> which are meant to be a razorback. And we find out it is our new school mascot. So one thing I do remember from the script that I read is that there's a bit of dialogue from Flutie here where something about the outfit and the fact that it's not really very good or something like that. And he makes the comment about that they only raised like $28 at their fundraiser for the new mascot. He's just lucky that his cousin owns a farm or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is where were you during the buy mascot bake sale? You didn't bake. Nobody baked. Which is a very funny line they cut that out but it was very funny <laughs> which i'm curious is this is this like a baby pig is it or is it like a teacup pig that's going to stay this size or you know like is their mascot going to stay like a pig that looks like this we will or never is it know. going to get bigger <laughs> i know but i want to know kim kim uh, i have to tell you something bad about this pig <laughs> don't get too attached i know <laughs> poor pig Poor pig. And then it's time to put him back in his cage, and Miss uh, Principal Flutie doesn't want to touch him, so Buffy has to take him back. Mm-hmm. And we cut to Xander and Willow studying, and yeah. Willow's trying to tutor him, and he's being very angry. Yeah. So she has all of the patience in the world, and right, like I don't know how Xander isn't in love with this woman because holy crap. Um, <laughs> But Xander is really, this is the point I'm just like, is this something that has happened before? Because we have never seen any side of Xander that's even close to this. We've seen him get moody with Buffy, but have we seen him really get moody with Willow like this? No, but she's very calm. She's like, so calm. So this opens up this idea that maybe this isn't super abnormal for Xander, which is the other reading of this, yeah. is that maybe, and we right. know Xander doesn't have the best home life. Um, so it could be Art. that the reason why Willow doesn't pick up so much is that this is Xander. Yeah, during this scene, he's not being necessarily aggressive. He's just being angry. Mm-hmm. Like several of the other scenes, he's very aggressive about stuff. Um, I can't think of another word for it. Predatory. Mm-hmm. He's very predatory and ugh. but yeah. in this scene he's just he's just being really angry and moody. Yeah. Which you could read as just a teenage boy who does not want to learn geometry. Mm-hmm. But it's also like as an audience, it feels weird at this point. Even yes. with what we've gotten Well, because we haven't seen Xander act yeah. like this. We've had, we've seen Xander very goofy and we know that something's wrong because we saw that opening scene with the hyenas. So it, 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 as an audience, it feels weird to see Willow act so normal around this. But there's, a, there's that deeper reading of maybe Xander occasionally has really bad days and Willow's used to it because 
She's known Xander all, all her life. And it would make sense for Xander to have really bad days because we understand through the context of the entire show that Xander has a terrible home life. Um, yes, he does. I think that that's also an interesting way of reading it. I think nobody in this show has a really good home life except Willow maybe and Oz. Mm-hmm. Everyone else seemed to have horrible homes. Yeah. Or at least not perfect homes. Xander's, I will say Xander seems to be the worst. Xander's definitely seems to be the worst. Except maybe when we get to Tara. Hers is pretty bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Turns out Tara's is, in fact, the worst. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that answer right away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's several years in the future, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway... Um, we go back to Buffy and Flutie, and basically this this scene just serves to set up the Xander scaring the pig at the end of it. But there is this one, like, little section where Flutie's talking about no school spirit, and how everybody's, like, all about gangs and drugs and movies on Showtime with the nudity, which <laughs> I think it's funny after teacher's pet where he has the whole you know sensitive touching line that it's okay to bring up nudity in front of students in front of a (laughs) female student yes Yes. but we'll we'll just we'll just he makes sure to say he doesn't have cable yeah it's not me someone told him about it (laughs) yeah but i do love that at the end he's just like when i was your age we cared about the school's reputation and the football team's record all that stuff Of course, when I was your age, I was surrounded by old guys telling me how much better things were when they were my age. And I think that that's a sweet little. You know what? I made a yeah. I made a note of that too Mm -hmm. because I thought that it's like a lot of self awareness for a principal. Yeah, but then Xander walks in and the pig freaks out. Uh (laughs) The pig freaks out, and this to me is the first scene where like there is no doubt something is wrong with Xander. (laughs) Like this is the part when I would be on my way to Giles. Yeah. But she doesn't yet. This this is the part, like, the pig is going insane because Xander walked by. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, I would honestly be like, yeah, something's wrong with him and we need to fix it now. Yeah. But she doesn't, do, like, this isn't enough evidence for her. Yeah. Yet. It would be for me. When you walk up to an animal and it completely freaks out, I'm I, I'm thinking something's wrong well, with that person. Every, I mean, and even without that. If I'm that. not a slayer who can help them, I'm going to stay away from them. Yeah. Even without that, that's still we. It's still weird that he can't comes in and kind of just stares her down and just keeps like it's it's so different than Xander's normal like you know falling all over himself and joking in every scenario <laughs> the fact that he didn't walk by and make some kind of joke about the pig is the biggest red flag yeah it's just a weird choice i think because we as the audience already know something's up and so now we're just looking at these characters being like how dense can you be yeah how do you not know something's going on yeah it's a similar situation to the teacher's pet situation right you know that that substitute teacher is is bad news and it's not even when like revealed as early as this is revealed this is revealed from the get-go that something's happened with xander so the audience is fully aware from the beginning and you mm-hmm. still have all of these awkward scenes where they're just can't wrap their head around why xander's being mean next we have the dodgeball game mm-hmm. and this <laughs> this scene is another big something's wrong with these kids and also Something's wrong with this teacher. <laughs> I love what the is teacher. up with this teacher? I love the teacher. Um, 
the teacher cracks me up so much. Um, this is this is probably the the one of the more clunky sections where it tries to make this weird comparison to the animal kingdom and high school, right? Because like literally, there are animal sounds mixed in with the music that plays while they're playing dodgeball, and it's just but you can kind of get it without that. Yeah, it's you you yeah. don't need that you don't need that many layers to to prove a point. Mm-hmm. Of this weird association you're trying to make. Yeah. Um, but no, I love the teacher. I think the teacher's great. <laughs> really? I think he's very neglectful. I mean, absolutely. But <laughs> I I think he he's there for a very specific joke. And it lands perfectly. And that's that line at the very end where he's just like... God, this game is brutal. I love it. That's the joke there, and I, I think it's I think it's a great delivery, and I think he's set up for that one joke, and then we never see him again, and it's great. No. <laughs> um. He fits into the rule well, of the all imagery. teachers being terrible at Sunnydale High. He fits that yes, bill perfectly. Yes. But he's there for that one line, uh, and he does it great. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the imagery of after the dodgeball game, it's just over and... Buffy is on one side, and all of the pack, the hyena-possessed kids, are on the other. It's just, it's really good imagery. Yeah. I like that, anyway. Uh, kind of like Buffy is realizing she might have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And then, well, they have Lance on their side, too. Yeah, poor Lance. And then poor they pre-Jonathan. kind of, they realize Buffy, they can't beat Buffy, so they turn around and all start throwing the balls at Lance, who is on their mm-hmm. team. In the in the episode, Buffy runs over and helps Lance, stops them and helps Lance up and stuff, which I kind of feel like the teacher should be doing that, but like we've established, not a good teacher. Mm-hmm. I kind of, and I'm not going to, I will not say this very often, but I like the way that scene ended in the script better. Okay. In the script, they have it where while the pack is throwing balls at Lance, Buffy throws balls at them and knocks every one of them down. Hmm. Like, she uses one ball to hit two of them and knock them down um, and then throws another one and it hits, like, three of them ending with Xander and they fall down and Buffy's the only one standing. Mm-hmm. Which, I like that better. I wish we could have gotten to see that. Yeah. Although it was more caring and compassionate of Buffy to run over and help Lance. Mm-hmm. I think I like the version in the show yeah. better than, than how I'm envisioning that scene playing out from the script. But it could, it you know, I, I don't know. I haven't seen, obviously, the alternative version, so it may change if, if, right. that, if that had been the route that they had gone with. Um, but I kind of see making this choice because part of... What the pack does is it offers a, a, an a intimidation factor, right? Because individually, mm-hmm. we learn later that they are almost as strong as Buffy. And so to have this scene early on to where she just takes them all out that easily, I think would, would make that later uh, revelation not as impactful. Um, because you'd be like, oh, she just took them all out with a single dodgeball throw earlier. <laughs> Well, and I think, two yeah, dodgeball throws. I think they have to be. But I see what yeah, you're saying. I think they have to be dangerous. Um, I think that's part mm-hmm. of it is that they have to be dangerous enough to make Buffy scared because that's what makes the um, yeah. uh, assault scene so awful. Yeah. 
Um, and there's another Xander and Willow interaction during the dodgeball game where he very deliberately throws mm-hmm. a ball and hits her um, to get her out. And she just kind of glares at him like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, but I think, again, she thinks this is because he's mad at her and internalizes that it's her fault. Yeah. And just goes and sits yeah, down. Yeah, we still haven't even gotten to Willow's biggest breakdown over all of this. Um, so yeah. we know that she's still internalizing a lot of this. And I just hate it. I hate it, Willow. You're better than this. Um, <laughs> I love you to bits. Yeah. And you need to you need to get get over this Xander guy. He's not worth your time. Um, no. <laughs> you'll have better, you'll have better relationships move- in the future. <laughs> yes, she does. There is... One thing I want to mention before we go on to the next scene, mm-hmm. and that is that this school appears to have absolutely no dress code for gym because some <laughs> no. of these kids are wearing like spaghetti strap tanks there and is, very short shorts. There is one dress code. They have to be in school colors. <laughs> that's the only thing. Oh, yeah, that's that they were all in school colors. Everybody has to be in school oh. colors. That stood out to me more than the fact that some of them were wearing spaghetti. Tra- I this this school has no dress code at all. Um, you know, all the midriffs are out yeah. all throughout, you know, shortest skirts you ever seen, spaghetti straps galore. I mean, that's just the nature of it. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> they dress like they're going to the club for school every day. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought it was funny that they were all in school colors for this section. <laughs> Jim, you have to wear school colors. Yes. That's the rule. That's the rule. Mm, so out in the hall after Jim, Willow actually calls out to Xander and is trying to figure out what's going on. And Xander takes her. Well, she's standing up for herself yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Xander. Ta- it doesn't last. No, but, <laughs> but Xander <laughs> takes her to the side um, and starts what you feel like again is the relationship conversation. But again, we as the audience know that something is wrong with Xander. They play so many of these scenes like we're start we're trying to figure out that something's wrong with Xander as the viewers, but we know it. So why do they set it up this way other than just to make us hate Xander all the more? Um Well see, and I think the I think it's set up to make it more cruel. Like the way he talks to her. Yeah, he says some really cool, th- cruel things, but it's also the way he does it that makes uh-huh. it so much worse. It's yeah, but because it's all these are the words make me hate yeah. Xander. Like that's what it's there for. Like yeah. I hate Xander in this moment so much. <laughs> He's possessed by Hina Megan. But the thing is, not fully yet, right? You have this weird thing where you you know that there's some of the human left in him because he has such this. Like, there's such a strong attraction to Buffy for so long. He holds on to that for so long. I really feel like you are trying to make me hate Xander as much as you do. I really feel like everybody should hate Xander a little bit more than they do. (laughs) (laughs) I think Xander is fine when he's written correctly, but I think that they do some really poor choices with him and I think this is framing it to make your audience not like Xander and that is a choice by the writers because it's not a fake out in this episode you're supposed to not like Xander well that's fine you're doing it in a way that at the end the decisions that are made at the end don't help Xander's case and I'll get to that Mm. when we get to the end but I think that's the problem is the end really makes me mad um (laughs) Yeah, I can see it. It doesn't really bother me that much, but I can see where it would bother a lot of viewers. Mm-hmm. But we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, we'll get there. I'll explain all so my reasons. I some, promise. He says some really cruel things to Willow, and she kind of looks like 
he punched her in the stomach. Mm -hmm. I think it's because my feelings for you have been changing. And, well, we've been friends for such a long time that I feel like I need to tell you something. I've, um... I've decided to drop geometry. So I won't be needing your math help anymore. Which means I won't have to look at your pasty face again. <laughs> she just turns around and leaves. Yeah. Um, Buffy, who was listening at her locker, looks at Xander and steps forward and says, are you going to say something to me now? Mm -hmm. And he just stares at her and does this really weird thing with his thumb where he kind of like bites it. Mm -hmm. That is very serial killer-ish. <laughs> like, it's very much like he should be the serial killer in a Lifetime movie mm -hmm. when he does that. And I think his hair is getting darker as this episode goes on. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, I kind of noticed that as the scenes went on, his hair gets darker and darker. And then at the end, it's back to normal. Mm. I don't know if it was the lighting or if they did it on purpose to make him look, you know, more evil. Yeah, it, it could have been. I don't I did not notice that at all. I, I struggled in a lot of parts of this episode. This is not an episode that I like yeah. going back to. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Well, they didn't do that with all the hyena yeah. kids because, like, one of them's even, I think two of them are even blonde and they didn't make them darker. But mm -hmm. I, I, th I thought it seemed like Xander's, like, hair and stuff was getting dark. It could be. So Xander and the hyena, hyena kids who are listening, they all turn around uh, laughing, their hyena laugh and walk away. Mm -hmm. And Buffy goes to get Willow. And then we have this really weird scene. Um... <laughs> Where Xander and the other hyena kids are taking food from people and sniffing stuff. and Yeah. Um, although we'll note it when they walk up to the picnic table, the kids sitting there, like, start talking to Xander like they're really good friends. Yeah, I noted that, too. Like, they're continuing a conversation. Yeah. And we've never seen Xander hang out with these kids before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I noted um, that, too. Um, I like yeah. the guy who, like, talks to Xander. I like him a lot. He's not quite, like, the random dude bro from the Harvest level, but I really enjoy him <laughs> because he's just, he seems so he's out of place. very passionate. Yeah, he seems so yeah. out of place, but also, like, everybody's just used to him. But, like, he talks about the, like lead, the lead guitarist from Wretched Refuse and is just, like, so passionate yeah. about that. I'm just like, yeah, I, I like this guy. Yes. Well, and the conversation that he's having with the people he's sitting with is about whether they're they're good or not. But when Xander walks up, he asks Xander what he thinks of the guy who plays lead. And we've never had any indication that Xander knows anything about guitar playing. No. Before <laughs> in this. his dreams, he does. But like, <laughs> well, in his dreams, yes. So maybe he does know more than we think. But this this kid who, by the way, his name is Adam. Oh, okay. That is in the script. That his name is Adam. Adam asked him, like, he should know. Like, he respects Xander's opinion about guitar playing. Mm hmm So that comes out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah. And they take the kids' food and decide their hot dogs are too well done and kind of throw them down. And the one guy stands up and walks across the table mm -hmm. and steps on his food, which, very jerk move. Yeah. And they start sniffing and go inside to Herbert's cage. Mm-hmm. And I feel very bad for this pig. 
<laughs> at the point. Because we know at this point this pig is not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> it's very unlikely this pig will survive. And Xander and the kids look down at the cage and Xander says, let's do lunch. Yeah. It's a weird choice to introduce a, a, a pig just to get eaten. Uh, <laughs> but it becomes the only reason that Giles believes there's something wrong with Xander. So. Yeah. All right. So the next scene is the iconic scene from this episode, um, which is the very slow prowl the pack does through the schoolyard. Why yeah. Job? It lasts a while. Yeah. While while uh, the song Job's Eyes by Far plays, which is um, just absolutely one of I'll those s- songs that stands out to me yeah. every time when I listen to. It. Like they they highlighted this song so much in this episode, and it's a really interesting song. I was going to ask you what the song was. Yeah. Because you, you always looked up, up that information, but I was going to ask you what the song was because I wanted to know. Yeah. Um, but this, in the script, this whole scene is Hyena Vision. Oh. Which I don't think I would have liked very no. much. So I think the interesting thing about this, and I've had this conversation before, is that the hyenas in this episode, the hyena people, act a little bit more like what I would expect traditional vampires to act like. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, like Lost Boy-esque vampires. Like just this it is very Lost Boy-esque. swagger that they have and this way of movement mm-hmm. and like, absor- like absorbing the environment around them almost the way that they're looking and, and smelling and hearing everything. I think is kind of more more like vampires than what actual vampires do in Buffy, which is kind of funny. <laughs> At least what yeah, I would say I, is traditional or like the way that I like to think of vampires. Yeah, I completely agree with that assessment. Um, but they're walking around and Xander looks up and he sees Buffy and Willow talking and they're discussing what's wrong with Xander. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willow kind of thinks maybe he just doesn't like her anymore and doesn't want to hang out with her anymore and Buffy he's like well no i think something i think there's something weird going on mm-hmm. willow asked her what are you gonna do and she says talk to the expert on weird yeah i will say this episode does a lot of airing of dirty laundry because this is also a point where willow calls out specifically xander's feelings for buffy like a, in such a way that you know that these girls have probably had this conversation before but i don't mm-hmm. think we've actually seen it as as obvious as it is in this moment or maybe there's something wrong with me what are you talking about come on he's not picking on you he's just sniffing you a lot i don't know maybe three isn't company anymore so it it becomes very you become very aware as the viewer that all three of them are aware of this weird uh sexual tension thing going on between the three of them and Mm -hmm. that is good and bad (laughs) for the remainder of of (laughs) this weird, awkward love triangle between the three of them. (laughs) Buffy goes to find Giles, and uh, she tells Giles all about how Xander has been acting and what he's been doing, and Giles says, it's devastating. He's turned into a 16-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. Of course, you'll have to kill him. Just hearing how he's acting, that he's changed how he dresses and his demeanor, that he's making fun of less fortunate kids, that he's... You know, stuff like that. And that he's hanging out with, you know, other kids that are different than who he usually hangs out with. Just hearing those things is kind of, yeah, he's a teenage boy. Yeah. 
but I, not Giles has not seen Xander, mm-hmm. so I can see where he would think that. I think this works for me more because we know Giles is past. With the full context of the show. He talks about testosterone being the great equalizer. It turns all men into morons. Mm -hmm. He will eventually grow out of it. And that kind of reflects this idea of, oh yeah, Giles had that face. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he eventually grew out of it. Yeah, Buffy says, I can't believe you are. All people are trying to scully me. And I like that part. Yeah, I also noted that because it it shows specifically that Giles is not paying attention at all to her pop culture references, which I think further justifies the whole Clark Kent thing that you said before. He just accepts her references and doesn't actually ask about them most of the time. Yeah, but Buffy uh, tells him about the pig and uh, he says that boys are cruel and they tease and they prey on the weak. Mm -hmm. And Buffy grabs onto that. And she's like, what'd you say? Yeah. And so here's score point for Buffy where she figured it out (laughs) before anyone else again. Um, As she starts talking about him going into the hyena cage. Yeah. It's another one of those really quick leaps that you spend so long watching Buffy just being kind of dense about what's going on with Xander. And then all of a sudden she like 180s and has the answer exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those. Yeah. TV magic moments. I was just going to say, and I think we'll get to this again at the end of the episode, but I don't like the boys will be boys mentality of this scene that... Oh, I don't either. I, I think I think it's handled very poorly, and I think that uh, it's, again, a sign of the show not aging very well, but ugh, it just it makes me so mad. The whole... Buffy, boys can be cruel. They tease. They 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 prey on the weak. It, it, it's natural teen behavior pattern. Sure, they can be, but they shouldn't be. And you can't just allow them to be. You know, even if he is just being a mean-spirited teenager, that's still something that maybe Giles would be a good person to talk to Xander about and be a positive male role model for him. Um, but he's not willing to do that, and it's not good. Yeah, it's not. Well... I mean, I guess I can understand that because he's there for Buffy, not for anyone else. Mm-hmm. Well, no, wait, I take that back. He's the school librarian. He is. He's getting paid for that. And even though he's that. not a counselor, he's still a adult mentor in their lives. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because he's getting paid to be a librarian and paid to be a watcher. And we know students aren't using that library, so <laughs> he's got it. Yeah, so he's not doing a whole he's lot gotta of He's got to earn his pay stuff. somehow from the school. <laughs> But yeah, I I am very against the whole boys will be boys mentality too. Mm-hmm. My boys actually have t-shirts that say boys will be good humans. That's good. I love those shirts. Yeah. <laughs> they make me happy. Yeah. They say boys will be boys and the second boys is crossed out and underneath it, it says good humans. Yeah. Uh, Willow comes running into the library. Herbert, they found him and breaks the news that Herbert has been eaten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Buffy looks at Giles, and I love this, says, testosterone, huh? (laughs) And he, earlier he had told her, or she had told him to get his books and look stuff up. And and he starts for his office, and Willow asks him, what are you going to do? Get my books. Look stuff up. We have a brief cutaway to very mad Principal Flutie, who uh, tells the, the, the four other than Xander, to come to his office. 
And then we cut back to the library and have a fairly long scene before we get to the the really awful scene between Buffy and Xander. Yes. But something fun. We're going to have a history lesson with Megan. Um, This is a new segment. Probably only going to happen once. Um, But Buffy mentions that Noah rejected hyenas from the Ark because he believed them to be an impure mixture of dogs and cats. This is actually Mm -hmm. um, Walter Raleigh, Sir Walter Raleigh's decision that he made when writing History of the World in 1614 to exclude the hyena from the Ark. Um, So there is actually a historical figure that you can trace this decision back to to make this exclusion from the ark and i just i felt the need to look that up because i thought that, that was a random fact like to that. throw in there um but yeah noah didn't yeah. make that decision some guy in the you know the 1600s made that decision just in case you were curious right well <laughs> i just figured she had some kind of book that was saying noah made that decision yeah so <laughs> <laughs> she was reading history. But of, that's, that's she was reading history of the world. Obviously, <laughs> they're discussing uh, Xander being possessed by hyenas, and they talk about the zookeeper and how it works and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Giles shows Buffy a picture of what will happen to Xander if he's not depossessed. Mm-hmm. And it's basically where him and the other hyena people start eating each other. Yeah, I wrote. Um, I wrote down she, image of death and cannibalism. <laughs> And she she says, I'm going to go find Xander. And she does in the room Herbert was in. Mm -hmm. She's checking out the cage and she stands up, which I have in my notes here. I wrote so much for Slayer Senses. Yeah. Because she kind of stands up and Xander is right behind her. She, uh, there's a big problem with this scene because she comes in and you see her look around the room and the door's behind her Mm -hmm. and like obviously in frame for most of the shot. And then when Xander comes out, comes out from the side of the room that you see Buffy look at as she enters the room, it makes no sense. (laughs) Well, maybe he was hiding behind something. Yeah. He was hiding under the desk, but, but she eventually hits him. Like, with. she does not realize he walks right up behind her. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next little bit of the show, and I'm not sure why they do it this way, but it goes back and forth really quick between Principal Flutie's office and the classroom that Buffy and Xander are in. Yes. For our purposes, I think we should just get through the Flutie stuff real quick, and then we can talk about the Buffy and Xander stuff. Yeah, I was thinking that would be better, too, because it's, it's, it's just like, 30 to 40 seconds of each one yeah. and then it goes back. Um, um, so, okay. In Principal Flutie's office, he's kind of lecturing the hyena kids, except for Xander, about what they did. And I can't believe you did that to a pig. I'm going to call your parents. And they are being very aggressive, mm-hmm. kind of circling him and, and keeping him from picking up the phone. And one of them reaches out and scratches him across the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can tell him getting more and more scared and they're getting more and more ex- excited. Mm-hmm. And he says that y'all are going to get expelled and they basically attack him and yeah. knock him down yep. and eat him too. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Flutie. I love make Flutie this so thing. much. Uh- <laughs> yes. Let's mark this down as the very first Sunnydale High School principal to be eaten. Yeah. It's a short, it's a short counter, but it's an important one. Um, Yes. I'm still mad that Robin Wood wasn't eaten at the end of the show. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was that was just the ultimate conclusion to all uh, Sunnydale Holly principles. But that, he, that would have been. He broke, he broke um, the rules. So something that's interesting. Yeah, I don't think we need a counter for this one. <laughs> something that's interesting is he threatens expulsion. But even in this situation, and this show's like 
who Flutie is. Even in this situation, he says, I'm willing to talk to the school counselor, and we can discuss options. Which is just, oh my God, Flutie is just too good. <laughs> He's too good for this world. <laughs> so while that is happening, Buffy and Xander are in the classroom with Herbert's cage. And this scene, huh? huh. <laughs> this is a very powerful scene. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised that they went this far with the scene mm -hmm. in a show like Buffy this early yeah. on. There's a scene later in season six where we where it's um, even worse. get into more of this <laughs> that is even worse. But this scene is... Uh, it's enough to be triggering. Yeah. It's definitely enough to be yes. triggering, even though it's mm -hmm. it's treated in a much more like light-hearted way and forgotten at the end of the show which is very upsetting to me it is, is very triggering mm -hmm. um to people who who would have that specific trigger and yeah i which think buffy obviously doesn't no apparently not uh <laughs> i think the real interesting thing and this is where it really becomes hard for me to digest i really wish that they would have had it to where they they did forget at the end of this episode that would have made this episode so much more tolerable not only did we learn at the end of the episode that xander remembers this but then xander's very like aware and using specific examples from their human interactions during this whole scene he's talking about willow's crush on him he's talking about angel he's pulling a lot of like real life human xander stuff you can't just say that this is like a weird predatorial uh, hyena thing and then have all of these very personal things be placed in this scene because that makes it very hard for the audience to disassociate that and I think that that's mm. the biggest struggle that I have with this scene is that Xander speaks a lot of truths about how he's feeling it's just in a more exaggerated aggressive way but this is this is how Xander feels he feels like you know there is some kind of attraction between these two and she that Buffy's into dangerous men because of Angel and that Willow needs mm -hmm. to just come to her senses and all of that and I think all of that can be interpreted as somewhat true I don't think that Xander in his normal faculties would ever express anything like that except for maybe the Angel thing because he really doesn't care at all about Angel but it makes it really hard as a viewer to separate this hyena possessed Xander from regular Xander and here you have a scene where he is assaulting Buffy and that is a hard thing to to start out with this early on in the show yes and it it's very difficult to watch um I do not think that the writers meant um for this to be any kind of regular Xander's person mm -hmm. obviously but the execution I think definitely yes. leaves that interpretation yes. there as a viewer and most yeah most of the things he says have some truth into him you know like like you said um until he starts telling her how she feels mm -hmm. about him and the the things he says are also very triggering yes like come on slayer i like it when you're scared yeah it, it's a it's a very difficult scene to watch i I watched it this time. I usually fast forward it just like I do the scene in season six. Mm -hmm. um, I watched it this time so I could talk about it. Um, and I but don't... basically it is a sexual yeah. assault, a beginning sexual assault scene. And I'm not um, angry at this scene. I'm angry at the aftermath because there isn't any really. There's no repercussions from there's, this. 
And I well, see, and honestly, I'm not trying to make this okay in any way, but I mean, he wasn't Xander; he was possessed by a hyena. But and for the record, picks, Giles is. Mm, you, I don't think you can say that though, because he picks specifically people he knows as Xander to prey on. He picks Willow. He picks Buffy. There's something of Xander's personality still there influencing the hyena. And that's what makes it to where if he remembers this stuff at the end of the episode, he should be apologizing profusely. Instead, he chooses to ignore it. True, but that would be up to Xander to do. Um, And the only person who is aware at this point, at the end of this episode, that Xander does remember and is covering for him is Giles. And Giles does not know about this what happened in this classroom. That's true. Only Willow and Buffy and Xander. I mean, Buffy is letting him get away with it. Yes. Which is also a problem. Like, she doesn't... It's also a problem. I mean, I think both of those are but an issue. I, think, I do think that's a problem, but she also... She thinks that he forgot. Yes. I don't know. I just... I don't like the scene at all. I don't like the scene at all <laughs> either. Um, but I especially don't like the, the, the handling of it afterwards. And even immediately afterwards, right? Because when Buffy um, goes to uh, the library afterwards and drags Xander in, she's kind of flippant about the whole thing. Like, she makes the offhand comment yeah. that, you know, he attempted, you know, felony sexual assault on her or, or whatever her specific wording choice was. But then they kind of just move on from that really fast. And I'm just like, yeah. Woo. <laughs> yeah. So she brings him in and locks him in the cage. Mm hmm. Asks where Giles is, and he had to go to a teacher's meeting. And they start talking about what the rest of the pack are up to when Giles comes in and tells them basically that the rest of the pack ate Flutie. And again, I'm wondering about the school because, <laughs> like, the principal was eaten by what Giles says the theory is that wild dogs got into his office. Mm-hmm. So, one, that's a very fast crime scene investigation there to decide that um, because this literally just happened with, like, 10 minutes. Yeah. And that could have been. And then also, why is school not canceled when the principal (laughs) gets eaten by wild dogs? Like, we're still at school. Uh, Well, Uh, Why have the police not cleared this school out? Are we, though? Because we've been at school for a while, and there hasn't been any sign of, like, actual classes or anything going on. So this could all be, like, weird after-hours things at this point. Um, but the police haven't cleared the building. Yeah, I mean, Like, what obviously if someone else that's, gets eaten by these supposedly wild dumb. dogs? Yeah, obviously that's Yeah, dumb, But, yeah. I mean, uh, supposedly they're, they've already had enough time to find this body. Mm-hmm. Call in paramedics, police, <laughs> all kinds of people. No. They've had enough time to decide what happened. No, I figured it out. I figured it out. Autopsy. No, no police. No police yet. This was just the janitorial staff that would normally put the body in the freezer. But uh, they decided, oh, we can't do it with this body because wild dogs got in. And it was just the janitorial staff that made the call. <laughs> so, yeah. So this one did not get put in, in behind a door. Right. <laughs> They're happy that Xander wasn't part of that, and they decide they need to go to the zoo to find out something something from the zookeeper. And that's Buffy's idea. She's like, I bet that zookeeper can help us fill in mm-hmm. the blanks, which is kind of, it's another clever thing of Buffy. Yep. But she kind of figures out out of nowhere. <laughs> so Willow stays, and they head to the zoo, and there's 
a scary scene while they are presumably presumably headed toward the zoo with the rest of the pack asleep in on the ground and a woman walking through with a baby in a carrier on her back Mm -hmm. and she sees these four teenagers Uh, asleep on the ground i will tell you and they kind of wake up this is the most terrifying thing in all of buffy imagine yourself in that woman's shoes and you just walk in and you see these four teenagers just like raising from the ground and growling and drooling at you (laughs) like oh my god (laughs) step aside gentlemen (laughs) in the script it was supposed to be much worse oh okay Because in the script, like, one of the girls was supposed to have blood smeared all over her face. Mm. And one of the boys was supposed to be holding a femur. Oh, fun. So it would have, like, they didn't do any of that. So it would have been much worse. Yeah. Um, Anyway, she sees them and, in my opinion, does not run away quite fast enough. But she does eventually turn around and run away. Mm Mm-hmm. And they decide not to chase her, probably because they're full of Principal Flutie. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's a little bit of, of Willow redeeming herself for her previous internalizing everything that's going on around her as her own fault. But Xander wakes up and asks what he's doing there, and Willow explains that he's sick. And there's a lot of persuasion going on here and a lot of manipulation and a lot of, again, understanding of this relationship that makes it hard for me to separate this as purely like a straight-up possession thing and there's nothing left of the... it. Again, I think it could kind of be compared to vampires because vampires are known to do this or remembering enough about the yeah. the the relationships to be able to prey on the people that they knew as a human. So I think you could make that comparison. It's very, very similar. Uses every tool he can to kind of convince Willow to be on his side and to get her closer. Mm-hmm. And she appears to be falling for it. I'd love to see what she'd do to somebody who was really sick. That's not fair. Buffy saved both of our lives. Before she came here, our lives didn't need that much saving, did they? Weren't things a lot simpler when it was just you and me? Maybe. When we were alone together? Willow, I know there's something wrong with me. and I think it's getting worse. But I can't just stand around waiting for Buffy to decide it's time to punch me out again. Look, I want you to help me. I want you. Beautiful, beautiful Willow. Um, gets just close enough for him to reach out, but is able to pull back before he can get to the keys and just has that great line of, now I know. Um, and, mm-hmm. oh, this does so much to redeem Willow in this episode for me. Yes. <laughs> yes, because you really think she's fixing to give in and let him out. Mm-hmm. Or get close enough that he can grab her and hurt her. Yeah. Instead, she... And especially coming off of the scene between yeah. him and Buffy... And knowing what he was able to do to Buffy and overpower Buffy as long as he did. Very tense. Mm -hmm. Very tense. Yeah. Yeah, Xander starts screaming and shaking the cage. Let me out. Let me out. And then we we break to Buffy and Giles with the zookeeper. Um, And they're having a discussion with the zookeeper about what happened to the kids. And I have to say, there's some... signals in this conversation that I don't think like a normal zookeeper would act like this. Like, first of all, he believes that the students have been possessed by hyenas really, really yeah. fast. Knows all He's about like, the history, sure? knows about the primals. They're like, all of this yeah. should be a red flag. He knows everything about it. And I'm like, I don't know that weird mythology about animal possession tribesmen and zookeeper usually would go together. 
you know. <laughs> Unless you're Carlisle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just went to the same school that Carlisle did. He just majored in hyenas instead of yeah. bugs. <laughs> and, and he's got, like, the way, he already knows the way to, to, to fix this and tells him to bring the pack back. And this is when he says this scary thing. <laughs> that scared me the first time I saw it and actually usually every time I see it where Buffy says we can bring one back but we don't know where the others are and the zookeeper explains that once the hyenas feed and sleep they will search for the pack member who's not with them mm -hmm. and won't stop till they find him and they're like oh no so they go running back to get Willow, this is something I kind of wonder about because Buffy and Giles get to the library at the same time mm -hmm. to save Willow. Later, when Buffy is trying to lead the pack to the zoo, she tells Giles he can't go with her because he can't keep up. And so I'm just kind of thinking, is saving Willow not important enough for you to go at your top speed there, Buffy? <laughs> you know, it's just something I noticed. Huh. Wow. Yeah. I mean, because we're worried about Willow's life. They know that the pack just ate a person. Oh, man, that's an oversight. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here, I think, is when the actual, like, switch starts to happen. And they have a cue that kind of works for it, though it is kind of funny still, um, where they have the, the rest of the pack outside the windows calling Willow's name. And it kind of calls back to this mm. idea of hyenas learning the name of humans and using it as a way to call out to them and I think this is where we really start to get our turn to where they are more hyena than people at this point for sure at this point it is completely switched over and they are full-on hyena possession that's what we're dealing with pretty much for the rest of the episode but it's kind of funny because it's like they're also still humans and still presumably capable of some form of human speech the whole calling out her name is um just kind of funny because they they sh should have been able to do that at any point and it's it's like listed at the beginning of the episode as like this really like creepy hyena thing that hyenas can do and i'm not sure if it's true at all it kind of sounds like bogus but maybe i don't know but here yeah, they, i don't think hyenas yeah. can actually do that <laughs> here they do it and i'm just like but they're human it's not like a cool fancy like hyena trick because they're literally in human bodies with human speech although they do kind of say it in a really creepy way yeah Willow. yeah it's a creepy scene it it's works like, like a normal person would say it yeah it's like how you'd say it in you know a horror movie mm -hmm. they're not just like willow like what's up <laughs> You know, Yo, like, friend. Yeah. Um, she thinks it's Xander, yeah. though, and then realizes it's not, and it's someone else, and they break in the windows. I wonder how many times throughout the show the library windows get broken. Are you going to start a counter for that now? <laughs> you only get it Should for we? three seasons. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And then we'd have to switch to, you know, Giles' house and then the magic box. So, yeah, not for three seasons. <laughs> and Willow takes off running. And hides in another room under a desk. They go looking for her. And one of the female hyenas and Xander go in to the room Willow is in. Because, you know, they're hyenas now. And they have, well, they're still people, but they have hyena senses. So mm -hmm. they smell her. And he motions for her to, like, leave. So I'm guessing they still have some human sense because yeah. they're trying to trick her. So she leaves and shuts the door. And Willow comes out and Xander is right there. Mm-hmm. 
and she throws a desk at him and tries to run, opens the door, and the other female hyena is there, um, grabs her, and then Buffy's there and hits her in the head with a fire extinguisher. Giles, Buffy, and Willow all go into the room, and Buffy shuts the door and keeps them from coming in, and they pound on it for a while, and then they leave. Um, Buffy and Willow Giles start talking about how to get them back to the zoo, and this is when Buffy says, I'll go because they'll follow me, and I'll lead them back to the zoo, and Giles says, I should come with you. Buffy says, you can't keep up, but she let him keep up to come (laughs) save Willow, and that just bothers me because... It's Willow's life. I realize this is Xander's life, but like Willow. Willow's life, she was going to get eaten. Giles also here establishes that individually they're almost as tough as Buffy, which um, yeah is is an important thing to to make sure that is understood because um, she is at a real mm-hmm. danger here. They have very little restraint, are as tough as her, and have numbers, have that pack mentality. And then she makes the comment that they're tough. But I think they're getting stupider. But are they really? Because they just did that whole trick with Willow. That Willow fell for immediately. So I don't know if that's true either. <laughs> so we have um, a very rando family who is just there to be the potential victims from the, the hyena pack. But I actually kind of like them. I kind of enjoy their little bit of time on on screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially the Joey chew. You have to chew or you'll choke. Yeah. Um, And we hear the hyenas call his name. They call the little boy's name again. Mm. And this couple is having a very classic fight of, (laughs) you said she looked better than me. No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So very, very cliched. Very, uh, very normal, normal suburban family getting attacked by hyenas. Yeah. Yes. It's very normal. (laughs) Buffy jumps up on the the car and looks at Buffy and says, come on, you know what you want. And she takes off running and has them follow her. Which at this point, Xander follows her because Xander, you know, he wants Buffy. But at this point, I don't know why the the other hyena people follow. So Xander is clearly the alpha, I would say. Um, There are several instances where I I perceive Xander as the alpha. That that to me makes perfect sense. But earlier they split up. Yeah, they did split up earlier. but in every situation where they're together and he makes a decision to go somewhere, they follow. Yeah. yeah, true. Okay, so we're back at the zoo. Giles says he'll go in and talk to the zookeeper. Willow, stay there so you can warn us when Buffy gets here. So he goes in and Giles sees the symbol painted on the floor and the zookeeper in the big costume. And he's like, yeah, right, right. And then all of a sudden it clicks. That the zookeeper had set it up so he would be possessed Mm -hmm. by a hyena. And Giles is like, you know, it must have been terribly frustrating having a bunch of school children accomplish what you could not. Yeah, I really like that line. And the guy's like, yeah, it bothered me. Oh, he knocks Giles out and pulls Giles into a closet to hide him, which Giles gets knocked out a lot, too. Yes, that's that the could be tra- a counter. No, that's the traditional counter. We're not going to do that one. Everyone does that one. <laughs> oh, do people do that one a lot? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. We're ignoring. We're ignoring that one. That one's. That one's too okay. overdone. So we could probably just look it up and and find out how it many exists. times Giles. It exists already. Out. I'm sure. Um, Willow's outside and she kind of hears them coming, so she runs back in and the zookeeper grabs her and <laughs> starts tying her hands up and she just kind of lets it. <gasps> Why, Willow? Why? Like, she at, she at least asks where Giles is. And he tells her, you know, laying in wait. 
But she just stands there and lets this guy tie her hands up for some reason. Mm -hmm. It's so Um, interesting to think about how powerful Willow becomes throughout the course of this series and then go back to these early episodes and just be like, oh, man, Willow, what what is going on with you, girl? (laughs) Yeah, I'm just like, Willow, hit him with some lightning, you know? (laughs) She realizes, hey, this isn't the nice guy. This is the bad guy. (laughs) And starts yelling yelling for Buffy that it's a trap. Mm -hmm. Um, They all come running in and the zookeeper yells something. In another language. Uh-huh. And all the hyenas look up at the zookeeper and their eyes flash. The zookeeper's eyes glow yellow and he gets all six. No, all five. Is it five? Yeah, it's five. He gets all, all five, five hyena spirits. Yeah. Which is interesting yeah. that apparently you can have multiple hyena spirits in you, which he mm-hmm. becomes very animalistic very fast. He is immediately... Just a straight up hyena after that. Um, well, it goes, he got five of them. Yeah, goes straight know? for the trying to eat Willow. Like there's no gradual adjustment period for him. He is full on hyena. The writers let Xander redeem himself here a little bit. Yeah, he immediately goes for because he save. jumps up and saves Willow. Like he doesn't even think about it. And then Buffy jumps in and starts fighting the zookeeper. Then he he falls over the railing into the hyena cage and yeah. Yeah, the next person gets ate up. That's it. They eat him. <laughs> Another person the, gets the, ate up this the episode. The real hyenas, I'm guessing the hyena spirits just kind of float away when he gets <laughs> eaten or go into regular hyenas or something, but they're apparently not an issue anymore. There's, yeah, there's a lot of things about this magic that I don't fully <laughs> understand. What I will say, because I'm about to argue with a certain percentage of the Buffy fandom, because there is a, in later episodes, it's, there's a lot of big deals made when Buffy thinks that she's killed a human. And people like to point out this episode and make it seem like she's killed this zookeeper and thus has already killed a human. Every move that she does against him feels very defensive, and then he he just happens to go over that railing but immediately when he falls over that railing and starts to get dragged she tries to, she tries to go for yeah. him like she runs up tries to save him and then they even pause and like zoom in on her face because she just watched this guy get eaten alive and she is like you can tell is very upset about what just happened yeah and she tried to save him he was attacking her and also was possessed by demonic yeah yeah so there's a lot of reasons why that argument is dumb (laughs) yeah i'm coming down on the side of not human and not buffy yeah killing him even if he's technically human i don't think buffy killed him giles comes out of the closet holding his head and says did i miss anything oh he's so he's so goofy and since i know that you have a big problem with what happens next i'm gonna let you tell it okay (laughs) (laughs) so xander is appearing to not have remembered anything um about this encounter fakes you know like oh i ate a pig oh all this stuff and which you think this would be something they'd have talked about the night before yeah like did they all just teleport to their homes yeah, that's how Without it Without discussing anything. It wasn't on camera. It doesn't exist. <laughs> they have this little exchange, which is sweet enough, where Xander hugs Willow and says, nobody messes with my Willow, and all of that's nice. But then he specifically asks if he did anything else embarrassing. And Buffy and Willow, who both went through some pretty traumatic things during this, choose to... to smile and just say nope it's all good and then they leave for class and then you have this scene where Giles reveals that he hasn't actually lost his memory at all. There's multiple reasons why this bothers me. One this is a situation where even yes he's possessed but 
I mean, the same argument could be made for uh, an alcoholic who has influence going mm-hmm. on in his life and then does abusive things and then chooses to forget about them. And then the, the people who have been abused allow that to happen. And I think it's a really poor message to throw out there, especially among high school students in a, in a, in a show that's meant for, for young a younger audience. The fact that they actually went and made this a kind of a jokey scenario at the end is just like, oh, you do actually remember assaulting Buffy and treating Willow like trash and all of this stuff is really <laughs> terrible, but it's way worse mm-hmm. when you remember that there were four other students who were possessed by hyenas who retain memories of eating their principal. Yes, <laughs> and that is a question that I have. What happened to these four other kids? They are, Do they not have any questions about what happened? They are in they mental institutions for the rest of their life. That's what happens to them. Right? Yes. I mean, they weren't real stable to begin with. They oh, were pretty mean. God. But I and, hate this decision. And they have oh. these memories. Yeah, and, like, it does not show them at all. Like, you would think maybe as the watcher, it would be Giles's responsibility to maybe check in with them and make sure that they're still sane. Yeah. This is the part that really yeah. makes me kind of sick at the end of this episode. Because it's it's a, oh, shoot me, stuff me, mount me, jokey ending. And Giles is kind of smiling at the goofiness of this scenario. And I'm just like, so much bad now, stuff happened in this episode. Now, at this point, Giles does not know what Xander did to Willow. Or what Xander did to Buffy. Now, but he knows the, the other four ate their principal. Audience knows. Yeah. But. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. The audience does know. And that's the thing you have you to remember. Oh. Like, I, I understand that you don't like Xander. And that is perfectly fine. And we can, we'll discuss it and debate it. And you might convince me. Because you've convinced me about a couple of things about Xander. <laughs> but you will not convince me that there's anything wrong with Giles. <laughs> I don't think that Giles is necessarily in the wrong here for anything going on with Xander. I think obviously the fact that they just fogged over these other four students that clearly are going to have issues yeah, should should be uh, yeah. counseled in many, many ways and don't even mention mm-hmm. them at all ever again is, is really weird. Um, I think I would be far, like, I'd still want to fix everything, but I would be far more understanding of this episode if they just flat out made the the memory thing a true fact, that he couldn't remember any of it, that none of them remembered any of the things that they did. Yeah, I think that would have been better, too. Yeah, but the fact that they specifically act like that, that's the way, and then take that away, but make it a joke that they take that away, um, really Mm -hmm. is super, like, tone deaf on how severe everything that's happened in this episode really is. But yeah. I, I agree. Ooh. So that's And like I actually had it in my notes too. What happened to these other four oh, kids? Yeah. It's one of those episodes that the more I think about it, the more uncomfortable I get about it, which is why I it's one I don't like revisiting much or or yeah. analyzing much. Um, there's it, a well, lot yeah. there's a lot of first season episodes that are like yeah. that. I don't think there's quite so many in the rest of the yes. seasons, but a lot of the first season episodes, if you really think about them too much, you'll find uh-huh. lots of stuff that don't make sense. Yeah. And I will say, I will put it out there now early on the darker stuff that uh buffy goes through the season six stuff the bathroom scene all of that stuff i like and appreciate and think is way better handled than anything to do with this episode the the dark places that this episode went are fine 
if again you remember consequences and this is why I talked a little bit about Xander is Xander does a lot of terrible stuff throughout his run and doesn't really suffer consequences the same way that other characters do and I think you'll notice that again and again with Xander specifically and that's that's something that I think is a really poor writer's decision on Xander's part um but this this yeah Xander gets away with a lot without any consequences yeah but this episode again I can see all the arguments that this isn't actually Xander um and I totally respect all those arguments and I don't think that they're invalid at all but the way that they chose to present it and the amount of personal information that they put in there and then the fact that they had him experience and remember doing all of those things to the two most important people in his life and then instead of dealing with it in any way that's actually going to emotionally develop these characters they just sweep it under the rug and pretend like it didn't happen is I think a misstep Mm -hmm. I agree anyway that's the pack that one's done I'm glad. Yep, <laughs> I'm glad we're through that pack. one. <laughs> uh, and next one is Angel. <laughs> which will be lots and lots of fun. <laughs> I'm much more excited for next week's episode. I, I, Yes, me too. I've been dreading this one, but next week's episode I think is going to be fun. But anyway. We're about halfway through, right? Yeah, we we're are, we are officially ha- halfway through season one. I am excited to get to season two, but I'm also kind of surprised that we're already halfway through season one. It's kind of a weird thing where I kind of mm-hmm. I kind of want to rush to certain episodes, but I'm also surprised that we're as far along as we are. So, oh, yeah, there's there's just certain episodes that I'm so excited oh, to yeah. get to. And there's certain episodes that I think that are going to be very, very long podcasts, <laughs> possibly, possibly two podcasts. <laughs> get to the point when we start having two podcasts per episode you know we are the the official long-winded buffy podcast and thank you so much to anybody who's listening to us yes we i'm I'm gonna go with that one we are very long-winded about buffy (laughs) and this is just a mediocre mediocre episode in the middle of season one yeah i mean come on there will be episodes that we talk about for hours Mm. (laughs) you're you're gonna have a a a big editing job there megan yay Okay. Well, All right. Thank I you. guess that is the yeah. end. Thank y'all so much for listening. We're gonna we're gonna say bye in approximately this amount of time. Bye. 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 <laughs>